Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. All right, this is Stone Payton, Lee Cantor with Learning Insights, broadcasting live from Boston, Massachusetts. We have with us in this segment, Lee, Mr. Mo Rondo. He is Executive Learning Leader with Textron. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Welcome. Now, uh, Textron, can you share a little bit about what you guys are up to? Sure. Uh, Textron is a multi-industry, multinational organization based in Providence, Rhode Island with eight business units located around the world. And so we, what do you do? We build everything from helicopters to lawn equipment to financing our own products. <laughs> so it's pretty well, pretty good mix. <laughs> so being a training person, you always have something to do. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I really work with the executive leadership function mm-hmm. and developing executives across the organization. And In all each of those kind of verticals? And across the verticals. Now, is that a challenge? Because it sounds like they're so disparate kind of groups so it's a challenge in that um executives have their sort of specialty areas right. but the leadership skills that are required across those businesses are the same oh really. so like if you're a helicopter guy is the same as a lawnmower guy well <laughs> maybe not in sales skills and maybe not piloting and engineering right um but in terms of, of being leadership. able to coach coach other folks, being able to really uh, provide feedback, being able to uh, have good organizational savvy, that sort of thing. So now what are some of the key components of leadership in your mind? So key components of leadership in my mind, really being able to uh, manage with courage, be able to hold ongoing and continuous coaching conversations and being able to really listen and help people develop skills to be successful. Now, what is the what, what was the first one? Coaching with courage, managerial Man- courage. So, what does that mean? Being able to hold those conversations that you want to hold, and being able to hold those conversations that you don't want to hold. Being able to have those tough <laughs> those tough talks with your employees. So, how do you train that, or can you train that, or can you just talk about it? So, it's it's really a practice skill, isn't it? I mean, you have to you know practice the ability to be very direct in your feedback mm-hmm. be very specific while at the same time being able to listen and understand the other person's point of view now do you find that people are natural leaders or is this something that you can take just a random person and give them some coaching and practice and they'll be able to pull it off so I'm smiling because that's a good question. That's you know you see that sort of in the in the literature, right? Are are, are leaders born or can they be trained? Mm-hmm. And sort of where I sit, the view from my window is that there's a little of both. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have a great affinity to really understanding the business and having a solid business acumen. Other people are super at, at being um, good with relationships. And then there's a whole third set of people that are a combination. And then there's you know probably a subset that is sort of cuts across all of those areas. Now, as your role as uh, kind of leading in the learning and training element of this, do you work with their strengths more or do you kind of shore up their weaknesses? So again, another really good question. <laughs> it's a little of both, isn't it? Um, so in many of our leadership programs, we provide 360 degree feedback. We do self-assessments where po- people are able to identify both their strengths and their development areas. And you want to actually develop both sort of areas of, of uh, dom- or both domains 
you know, developing strengths, the issue with developing strengths too far is do they actually become a derailer or, or a pitfall for you? Mm-hmm. And if you're always focusing on weaknesses, the reality is does the weakness need to actually be developed or does it need to need to be managed to a point where it doesn't get in the way of doing good work? Or does it need to be managed to the point where you are able to free up their future? Is that an option too? <laughs> Could be sometimes, yeah. So it must be pretty rewarding for you to be around leaders, to talk about leadership all the time. I mean, you must have learned a lot in this role. So it it's really exciting. It's actually really humbling. We have um, in our organization, we have really smart people. I mean, we make everything from the world's most precise lawn mowing equipment to rocket ships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I work with <laughs> rocket scientists. I work with, you know, pilots who have great experience. Um, and I work with people who can engineer things that are world class. Now, how does the corporate culture come into play across all of these verticals? So it's really interesting because, you know, the whole organization, um, we have a really great and strong CEO that um, looks at sort of the corporate function as supporting the businesses. Mm -hmm. So there is sort of an overarching of, hey, look, we want people to be able to, to speak with candor. We want people to be able to have managerial courage. But each business also has its own culture. And I would argue even each business, each geography sometimes has its own culture. So, you know, we're present in, I think, something like 40 countries. Mm -hmm. So there is sort of those little nuances that happen as well. With that kind of breadth, um, you must have to utilize a lot of different approaches to training. I mean, you can't go all e-learning, all technical, all mobile, all instructor. You must be mixing and matching and and deciding what to do with whom and and when. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, it's it's really accurate. So in terms of if you, if you sort of look at the the spectrum of learning and development, my focus is really on leadership development. So okay. so skills that are more abstract, a to talk about and b sometimes to practice. So within that realm, you know, there is there, there is great e-learning um, providers and suppliers. There is great classroom instruction and there's great self-paced options as well that that aren't those two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really trying to find the mix sort of within my role. You're the cuts- DJ of the company, right? <laughs> yeah, you I kind of like that analogy. <laughs> We're putting everything in terms that Lee can understand. It's for right? me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sort of sort of like a, a, almost like a conductor of an orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. You sort of figure out what's going to work best across the organization. And, and part of, you know, growing as a learning and development leader, part of that is realizing you don't always have the right answer. Right. So you may hit 80% of your audience at the executive level. You may hit 80% of your audience at the first level leader manager level. You know, sometimes you may hit 100%. And sometimes you hit less than that. And then you start to say, okay, what are we, what are we doing? For right. How do we improve standpoint? that? Exactly. Now, is there anything in place? Like, I know you're working primarily with the, at the leaders at the highest level. But can you take some of this knowledge and share it with people across the board? Yeah. You know, for their personal growth at all levels. Definitely. And, you know, one of the sort of areas of content. So, for example, performance management. It's that, you know, it's the process within companies that everybody loves to hate. Sure. (laughs) So so if you're an employee, you have to be able to have. It's a a good idea for other people, not me. (laughs) Exactly. They can do it, not me. Um, You know, there are. 
there are those conversations that need to happen about how is somebody doing performance wise, right? What areas or skills do they want to develop? And and many people sit on both sides of the table, mm-hmm. if you will. They're either holding that conversation as a leader or they're holding that conversation as an employee who wants to grow. Sure. Now, um, are you seeing any trends? I, I mean, there's the technology changes so rapidly, and and you know, you can say technology is a trend, but. Yeah. Are you seeing anything specifically in the leadership area? It's funny because we are. I mean, there's definitely an increase in sort of technology, you know, bite-sized learning, just-in-time learning, mm-hmm. user-delivered and developed content. I mean, those are all of those trends are happening in leadership as well as, you know, technical and professional skills. So when you're dealing with things like that, are you becoming more of the curator of this information rather than the creator of it? You sometimes do. You know, and even with the trends, the 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 thing I've really learned over the past probably four or five years is you've got to look at what are the trends and then you've got to look at the organizational culture and say, what's going to actually gonna work, work here? here? Right. <laughs> right. It may be a great solution. It may be world class. It may be instructionally sound. There was a group of us talking before we came in the room about, you know, storyboarding and, and having good learning objectives. Well, that's great. Will it fit into what we're doing within right. our company, and not even within our company, within the culture of the leadership? Right, You're right. Um, you know, and we we are also a government subcontractor. So when you start to bring in technology, you have mm. to be very cognizant of where is it hosted, where is it? You know, are you right? Going it's not s- that simple. To yeah, just buy something off the shelf and then plug and play. Which is mm-hmm. which is that orc- you know that orchestrator that conductor part mm-hmm. it, it becomes fun you're you're always solving like this huge you know not puzzle, just the, right? not just the Rubik's cube it's, it's like, like three dimensional exactly <laughs> exactly so how do you stay in front of all this I mean your head has to be swimming constantly how do you and your team stay ahead of all this stuff so we do lots of different things so I would say am I ahead of it. No. Am I where the other where other learning leaders in New England or or here in the US are? Yeah, I'm probably in the same space. Do a lot of reading, do a lot of networking, ask a lot of questions. You know, it Plus um, you know Dan Collier, so that's that probably that always, care that always helps. Other, right? So yeah. having Dan as a contact. <laughs> but is, in is some organizations thing. they want to be kind of like the early adopters, but in your case it might be better suited to be a fast follower. Yeah, and sometimes we are. I mean, for example, this year at our most senior executive program, we brought in a video-based pre-work assignment. Mm-hmm. I was, I'll be honest, I was panicked about bringing that in. I mean, mm-hmm. but learning technology has been in place for a long time. I remember right. the discussions in the early 90s, right? Oh, wow, you know, what are you going right. to do for e-learning? <laughs> and then in the 2000s, and, and we build rocket ships, <laughs> right? You know, February, <laughs> I was having heart, you know, heart palpitations saying, are my leaders going to be able to access these video clips? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it became a non-event. So sometimes I think as, as learning and development professionals, we need to step back and actually take the risk. Right. And then just be ready to listen to the feedback and be able to adopt. And if you have the right company culture where taking risks is okay and uh, learning and tweaking and improving, then you should be all right. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in most organizations now, especially where we've got a, a fairly decent sized manufacturing arm, most organizations have some sort of Six Sigma or some sort of process improvement. Right. I mean, many of us remember TQM. Um, so we are in that mindset where. You look at whatever your product is, so my product happens to be learning, and you're looking at it, and you're, what are those iterative steps that you can take each year to make it just a little better? A little better, right. So do the execs come to you and say, all right, Mo, 
here's what we need next year for the next 18 months or are you guys kind of trying because you do have your tentacles out into to the world are you coming back and saying hey chief i think we ought to take a look at this this and this or is it a little bit of both it's probably it's more a little bit of both mm -hmm. uh one of the things that we do is we have uh sort of a track so we're an organization that follows the leadership pipeline um, and so for each sort of passage of the pipeline, or we break our pipeline really into four major passages, there is an established leadership development program. Some of the content we develop, frankly, in-house mm -hmm. because not everybody's got the time, budget, and resources to, you know, to have a, a huge budget. And we also have, we've also partnered with some really top-notch organizations. And one of the things that we do is we do a lot of voice of customer we do do the level one, the level two evaluation sort of stuff um, where we're getting feedback. And, it, you know, we're fortunate in um, that our leaders are willing if we call them up and say, hey, what's working about this program or what could be improved or what are some of the business challenges you're facing? Most of the time, if not all of the time, they'll be very honest with us. Right. Well, that helps you deliver what they need. So exactly. It makes sense for them to be honest. Now, can you talk about leadership in other cultures? Like, how do you, you know, is a leader the same leader in America than they are in, uh, you know, Asia than they are in Europe? Sure. I, you know, those those leadership sort of qualities, so things like empathic listening, things like being able to provide feedback, things like being able to have organizational savvy, those sort of core foundational skills I would argue, are pervasive across right, so the So that globe. transcends, it doesn't matter where they are. What becomes different is how one delivers it mm -hmm. or how the conversation happens. Are you a time-based culture? Are you a very direct or indirect culture? And being able to monitor <laughs> that, that nuance, really. Mm -hmm. um, it, I was just going to ask about your own professional development. Uh, I mean, because you got to take care of that too, right? I mean, you know, on the flight over here, they told us put the oxygen mask on your first, on exactly. yourself first, and then the next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, you got to take care of yourself, right? Yeah. So the, the the development, you know, happens in two ways, right? It happens when you're in the middle of a program delivery or program design. You're saying, "Oh gosh, this isn't going to work," or <laughs> worst case scenario, <laughs> it didn't work. Um, then there's also the time that you have to sit down and you have to be mindful about developing yourself. So it's interesting you ask that question because uh, just last Friday I uh, learned that I passed my CPLP. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, I have it, no idea what that means, but congratulations anyway. I'm happy for you. So, <laughs> so yeah, so very quickly it's a, it's a certification that's um, managed by the Association for Talent Development. And it's for learning and development professionals to con constantly sharpen their saw. So, Fantastic. you know, you seek out those conference opportunities. You seek out those sort of classroom opportunities. You read articles. You read blogs. You spend time on LinkedIn sort of sharing ideas with other people. I network with, with folks like Dan in the, the Boston area. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there are a lot of learning and development professionals on American Airlines with me. So <laughs> right. sometimes those conversations happen. Is there any... Um learning and development leader that you particularly like? Is there a blog you like that you can share? Yeah, um, there are a few, actually. I really like um, Michael Roberto, who's a professor at Bryant University, Harvard-trained, um, really around decision-making. So that's uh, he's got a great blog spot. 
uh, Future Think, which is an organization that deals with innovation. Uh, really, Monday mornings, I get, I think, two or three sort of uh, blog recaps from the Ken Blanchard companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting because people say, well, you know, those are sort of the, the people everybody reads about, right? Ken Blanchard. And, you know, I, I got to meet, I was speaking at uh, the ASTD conference a few years ago, and I got to meet one of the other presenters who said, you know, when you start to look across leadership development and, and these, you know, who are the people to read, you start to see the trends across them. So their ideas may be incredible and they tie to other thinkers. So, you know, like Ken Blanchard and Covey or Pat Lencioni and Ken Blanchard or, you know, sort of those those sort of thought leaders. So I guess a related question, I was going to ask what's on your nightstand right now. Are you, are you, have you dived into one recently? Yep. So I've got, um, it actually moved from my nightstand because my four-year-old thought it was a toy. <laughs> uh, I've got what your CEO wants you to know from, um, I just blanked. That's all right. From we'll uh, Ram Sharan. So I just, so I'm looking at that and I'm just getting ready to read um one from Michael Roberto as well. I've got two of his books there and I haven't decided which one, but they're, they're both on my nightstand because I know I'm not going to get through both of them because that's the other thing, right? I mean, we all, we'd love to have the time to do professional right. development. I have projects I have to do. <laughs> I have <laughs> courses that we've got to develop. And you got so. a four-year-old. And you yeah. got a four-year-old. Well, as you might imagine, being in the business talk radio business, uh, if you really like to read, that is a great way to get a lot of free books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we get, you know, we get books in the studio every week. And I just started one on the on the plane, and I'm going to be like you. I can't remember the person's name, but she is a CEO of uh, Popeyes. Yes. And uh, Dare to Serve. And yep. I've only, I just started it, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. But my overarching point is I just think it, uh, it's, it's just good mojo, if you will, to, to continually, you know, work on yourself. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, you know, even when you get these books and if they're tomes, right, op- you don't have to open it up and read it page one to page, you know, 950 million. That's right. Million. Yeah. Is there a chart in there that resonates you? Are you, are you facing a problem? I mean, right. because, Sometimes in learning and development, we take ourselves so seriously as learning and development professionals, we forget we're also business people. Mm. So we have business problems just like the finance leader or just like the ISC (laughs) leader. So take a a, uh, minute and say, okay, what's a business challenge or what's something I need to solve for? Does this book have a chapter on it? Let me flip to it and see if it does. And then, then it's no harm, no foul, right? You start reading a couple pages. This is really good content, but not, not right now. And you sort of step away from the right. curb, right? So now, if you were giving advice to somebody getting into learning and development, do you have any kind of best practices? Yeah, I, you know, twenty plus years in the field, it's it's, you know, be humble, um, be open, and be critical at the same time. Uh, you know, what you may think is the best practice may be the best practice for your organization or your context. Um, no learn, live organizations move much more slowly than you do, especially the week after you come home from a conference or a class. <laughs> right. um, find mentors. I mean, there are, within every profession, there are people that want to talk about what they do and want to sort of get feedback. And they don't have to be mentors who are more senior to you, peer mentors. 
Um, hmm. Some of you have know, you one, ever had a mentor? I have actually a number of mentors. So I've been both internal to organizations and external, and two actually three of my closest mentors. One is a, a person I worked with at a small software company, mm-hmm. who um, you know I'll bring you right back to to Dallas in 1996, the American Society for Training Development ICE conference. They were talking about e-learning, and I said, "Oh my gosh, e-learning is never going to take off." <laughs> and and this woman and I got in an argument in in a parking lot. Well, she's now my thought partner, and we t- we don't talk as often as we mm. used to because we work at different organizations now. But that's that's a peer mentor that I've had for you know ninety six. It's going to be twenty years. So it's like a sounding board. Exactly. Right? You know, folks that I worked with at the at the consulting firm that I that I worked with, and and my colleagues at Textron, because you also at the same time you're not only learning your field, you're learning the business. Mm-hmm. So I've got a great colleague that works for our, for our Jacobson, which is our lawn care company, and, and another colleague that works for Bell Helicopter, that we just shoot ideas back and forth mm-hmm. and or just sort of learn about the And business. it's like a safe place to kind of try out those wacky ideas that you think... Everybody needs the cone of silence, <laughs> right? you know, to run those ideas. Well, the other thing that struck me during your conversation was that you still have a relationship with this lady. She's in a completely different industry. And if it's the... It can be, you know, somebody with a surfboard company. Exactly. Can be a, a, a thought partner. In fact, there may even be some advantage mm-hmm. in not having everyone... In exactly. the world, right? Yeah, because you 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 know, as you're in the organization, you get so myopic and yeah. oh my gosh, the world's going to end. It's you know my problem. Well, right. somebody may be looking at the issue from a different lens, you know, and get get close to people in the business as well. I mean, there are some, you know, there are sometimes. Uh, that I'll actually go to some of our business, you know, I, I'm air quoting some of our business <laughs> folks, right? Uh, somebody in a finance organization doesn't make sense to them. Someone, you know, some of the, the best people to ask questions of are in the supply chain because they see yeah. every bits right. and bobs being put together, right? Right. Ask them. So uh, after all this time at Textron in this leadership role, is there a book in you? You must have learned a lot I of stuff. I sense that there is, Mo. So you have a cool name for an author. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so, you know, I said I have a four-year-old. He's one of five. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, there's a book right there. <laughs> Leadership skills of a parent of five kids. Yeah. So at some point, yeah, you know, who knows? Who but knows? I hope you're taking good notes in your too. day-to-day work because all that learning it must be amazing. Well, all those you. smart yeah. people you're around, uh, I mean, that's just... A wealth of information. Yeah, it's fun. It's humbling, and it's you know, it's a it's a great journey. Well, let's make sure that we let other people benefit from it. Uh, whatever's appropriate, email address, phone number, website, LinkedIn, or something. I'd like for our listeners to be able to reach out to you. Sure, I, you know, definitely can contact me via LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so my profile there is Maurice Rondo, um, or. Um, you're active in the ATD? I'm active in ATD. I'm active on um, the OD network as well. So, Well, and obviously quite uh, open to having conversations with folks and, and ready to help them any way you can. Exactly. And I love the Admirals Club in Concourse C. <laughs> well, there you go. Dallas, so you may <laughs> see me there. Well, this has had just been a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So let's do it again sometime, all right? Okay. All right. We will be back in a few from Training Pros Boston. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. 
Learn more at training-pros.com.